You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is, to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. Well, folks, it was a wild ride getting in here tonight. Last-minute difficulties, everything tried to go wrong, computer fritzed, this, that, and the other thing. No, I probably had a live mic there during the intro. My apologies, but it's all right, baby. It's all good because we are here now. Well, what a week, what a week it has been. And before we go on over to the LMC radio newsroom, I have a few little things I want to bring up to you. First of all, oh, yes, my most patient patients, my loyal listeners, we are in the final stretch for the 2016 Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This will be the ninth 
annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's not too late for you to get there. Okay? This is coming up. It's racing towards us like a freight train in the distance, but there's still time. This will be Saturday the 14th and Sunday the 15th of this very month, May 2016, in Forestville, California. Folks, do yourself a favor and get there. We are going to have a fantastic, an amazing, a stupendous, astounding year. We have got folks from all over coming to this festival. Not only to be there, but also to teach, to lecture, to read. And I can tell you there is just so many people that are going to be there. We're going to have David Shee there, and he's going to be there doing a workshop around the release of his new book, which you will receive free if you come to the festival, North Asian Magic Spellcraft from Manchuria, Mongolia, and Siberia. Let me tell you something, folks. You've never seen a book like this. The only book I can think that it is re- that is remotely like it is the fantastic book by my friend, Herr Dr. Johannes, on trolldom. This is going to open eyes. You're going to love this book. <coughs> oh, excuse me. We are also going to have Cast Excelsior there. He is going to be doing a workshop on working with osteocentric and necromantic curios. That's bones for you and me. And that's not only animal bones, human bones, the whole nine yards. And he's going to be talking about the use and the ways you can use and incorporate bones as uh, allies and in your hoodoo and conjure work. We're going to have Madame Pamita, the fabulous, the delightful, the songbird herself. Madame Pamita there talking about teas and tisanes, making magical potions and infusions. She's going to be doing a workshop on that. She's also going to be giving us a wonderful performance during lunch on Saturday. It's a fantastic show. You should come out and see that as well. We're going to have Gabrielle Swain, who is a very well-known and noted textile artist and practitioner of hoodoo, and I am proud to say my mother. And she's going to be there talking about so much hoodoo, S-E-W, textiles and needlework in the domestic conjure arts. So that's she's going to be talking about all of that, folks. Also, our own Miss Catherine Ironwood, of course, is going to be there, but she's also going to be giving a workshop on our hoodoo history, the revival of the occult shop pamphlet. And she's going to be talking about these small little books and pamphlets that were in occult shops back in the day and conjure shops. And that's also going to be centered around the release of Legends of Incense, Herb, and Oil Magic. Originally by Louis de Claremont, it's been completely cleaned up by our own Miss Cat. She's put everything back in order. She and our wonderful artist, Grey Wolf, have sat down together, and they have done a fantastic job of fixing all the old illustrations in this book. They've put the book back in order. There had been pages that had gotten put in. Uh, in some people's copies, there were pages in wrong order. There were pages that were upside down, folks. So this is a classic. This is perhaps the very first book that was published for the general public about the topic of hoodoo and conjure. So you're going to get that free as well. Also, 
uh, we're going to have uh, Abrosine Laguerre talking about uh, blessings and protecting your home. Uh, you also know her as Andrea Weston from Liquid Libations right here on the LMC Radio Network, and she's going to be doing a fantastic workshop on blessing and protecting your home. We're going to have a panel discussion as we do every year, but this year, this one's going to knock your socks off. This is going to be a panel discussion about spells for social justice and community activism, and it's going to have on that panel Beverly Smith from In the Streets here on LMC, Miss McHale, Papa Lou, Candelo Cambisa from Candelo's Corner also here on the LMC radio network, Angela Marie Horner and Jamila Jones. All fantastic workers, all fantastic people, all involved in this topic, and it's a much-needed topic. Come and see them talk about that. Our own delightful Miss Robin, if you've never seen Miss Robin, man, you've been missing out. This is one of the great hoodooists of our day, is going to be doing a workshop on amulets and talismans, the art of consecrated curios. Michelle Jackson my friend and fantastic worker and reader is going to be doing a workshop on bone reading, mastering groupings and configurations. So this is yet another in a series of workshops from Michelle Jackson about bone reading. This is going to take you even further in your use of that and understanding of that. The Reverend John St. Germain, great guy, fantastic person, wonderful reader, spiritualist, you name it is going to be doing a workshop on the four branches of crystal magic, scrying, projection, reception, and transformation. And that's going to be around his new book, Crystal Magic, Divination, Healing, and Spellcraft with Gems and Minerals, which you're also going to get free, the festival, and get to see him. Oh, and then they've got this this weirdo, what's his name, uh, Sloppy Joe, Professor Me. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be talking about spells from the sporting life and the sporting life. And that's going to be centered around the release of my new book, The Sporting Life, How to Help Yourself with Hoodoo from the Streets to the Sheets. And you're going to get that book for free as well. But wait, that's not all. Oh, no, no, no. There's also going to be a reading tent open in between all of these classes. We've got dozens of readers this year, some of the best readers in the business. We're going to have a closing circle and business card exchange to help talk about how to help you build your business and help you get you know, a little more into it. We're going to have an opening ceremony. Oh, yes. Look, he's going backwards, folks. It's going to blow your socks off. This is going to be Voices of Hyatt 2, a tribute to root workers of the past with Ambrosine Laguerre, Cast Excelsior, and others. Fantastic. Last year's left people literally in tears. Saturday night, there's going to be a presenter's banquet. There are still tickets available for that. It is an extra charge because we actually will be leaving the site, going to a lovely restaurant where you will have a fantastic meal and get to sit and talk with the presenters and the readers from that day, and people will talk. It's a trip. It's not too late. Get your tickets. Get on out there. Get there. I'm telling you, walk, crawl, run, swim, fly. But get there because you, hey, there aren't many left. Tick tock, tick tock. We've only got four or five of these festivals left. And then they're done. Then they're gone. That's it. There'll never be another one after that. So this is one of your chances. Get on out there. Tickets are still available. 
and they'll be available even on the day. If at the last moment you're like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to drive up there, I'm just going to get there, there'll be tickets at the gate. Come on, we would love to see you there. All right, that's my news of this week. We are running around like ants, man. It's like a, a beehive or something here. Everybody's just doing so much work for this. It's going to be amazing. So let's take it over to the LMC Radio Newsroom where our own beloved Patchy Fogg is reading the news for us this evening. Good evening. This is Philip Fogg reading the news. Today is Thursday, May 5th, the 126th day of 2016. There are 46 days until summer begins and 240 days left in the year. Tomorrow will be an auspicious day to cut firewood, cut hair to increase growth, mow to increase growth, dig holes, wax floors, paint, get married, advertise to sell, buy clothes, or buy a home. Tomorrow is a favorable time for planting beans, corn, cotton, tomatoes, peppers, and other above-ground crops. However, any seeds planted on the 7th through the 8th will tend to rot. The 5th through the 8th are poor days for fishing. Today's highlight in history comes to us from 1866, when on this date the town of Waterloo, New York, observed a day honoring the fallen soldiers of the Civil War. Although a proclamation signed by President Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1966 recognizes this observance as the first Memorial Day, the claim is disputed by other communities who say they were the first to create a holiday commemorating America's war dead. Also on this date, in 1821, Napoleon Bonaparte, at age 51, died in exile on the island of St. Helena. In 1862, Mexican troops defeated French occupying forces in the Battle of Puebla. Viva la Battle Puebla! thus marking today as Cinco de Mayo. In 1891, New York's Carnegie Hall, then named the Music Hall, had its official opening night featuring Russian composer Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky as guest conductor. In 1925, schoolteacher John T. Scopes was charged in Tennessee with violating a state law that prohibited teaching the theory of evolution. Scopes was found guilty, but his conviction was later set aside. In 1936, the Ethiopian capital, Addis Ababa, fell to Italian invaders. However, in 1941, on this date, Ethiopian Emperor Haile Selassie returned to Addis Ababa after the Italians were driven out with the help of Allied forces. In 1945, in the only a fatal attack of its kind during World War II, a Japanese balloon bomb exploded on Gearhart Mountain in Oregon, killing the pregnant wife of a minister and five children. In 1955, West Germany became a fully sovereign state, and the baseball musical Damn Yankees opened on Broadway. 
1961, astronaut Alan B. Shepard Jr. became America's first space traveler as he made a 15-minute suborbital flight aboard Mercury Capsule Freedom 7. And in 1973, Secretariat won the Kentucky Derby, the first of his Triple Crown victories. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to actress Pat Carroll, who is 89, saxophonist Ace Cannon, who is 82, actor Michael Murphy is 78, actor Lance Henderson is 76, comedian actor Michael Palin of Monty Python is 73, actor John Rhys Davies, 72, actor Richard E. Grant, 59, NBC newsman and fellow friend Brian Williams, 57, rock musician Sean Drover of Megadeth, 50, rhythm and blues singer Chris Brown is 27, and also we wish to send a special birthday to air member Papa Newt, whose birthday will be on the 7th. Our thought for today comes to us from Betty Smith, American author, born 1896, died 1972, who said, Look at everything as though you were seeing it for the first time or the last time. Then your time on earth will be filled with glory. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me make you bleed. Haven't seen. Hey, that's mommy. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, open it. Put my trust in group of dust. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that you be in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you need not just trust in Goof or Dust because we have the lucky numbers for you here each and every week. And this week's lucky numbers, as always, come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 9, 11, 16, 22, 25, and 37. Once again, those numbers are 9, 11, 16, 22, 25, and 37. And I have to tell you, my friends, those are particularly good numbers this week. I've got a really good feeling about those numbers. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are... 161, that's 161. 222, that's 222. And 739, that's 739. And that 739 is hot right now. The card of the week is the Ten of Diamonds, and it is an apt card. 
It is a party, a social gathering, although possibly an illicit one, an affair. This is an excellent week to prepare for social gatherings, parties, and festivals. Be careful to not overindulge or keep bad company during these gatherings. Also, this week is a good time to start a new romance with that special person you have been wanting to get with. So, good luck to you all. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, it's our own Miss Loretta from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Give with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plate, too. Here's cacciatore, Dory. Taste the bologna, Tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hi, y'all. This is Miss Loretta Evans. And this week, we're going to be talking about a favorite that was asked of us. We actually got a letter. I can't believe it. And uh, someone wanted to know if I ever cooked this, and I do. So I'm going to be sharing it with you this week. Our recipe for the evening is fried green tomatoes. As you know, this is a southern favorite. So for this, you're going to need the following ingredients. One large egg lightly beaten. One and one half cup of buttermilk. One and, excuse me, that's one half a cup of buttermilk and half a cup of self-rising cornbread or cornmeal mix one-half a teaspoon of salt, one-half teaspoon pepper, one-half cup of all-purpose flour, three medium-sized firm green tomatoes, which you will cut into one-third of an inch thick slices. And that comes out to be about one and a quarter pounds. And then finally, vegetable oil. So now to prepare this, what you're going to do is whisk together your egg and buttermilk. Combine your cornmeal mix, salt, pepper, and one-fourth a cup of flour in a shallow dish. Dredge your tomato slices in the remaining one-fourth cup of flour. Dip into your egg mixture and then dredge in your cornmeal mixture. Let me go over that again because sometimes people get a little confused about that. You're going to dredge your tomato slices first in your flour, then in your egg mixture, and then again in your cornmeal mixture. 
while that's going on, you will have poured oil into a frying pan to a depth of about a half an inch. And I like to use a large cast iron skillet for this. Heat it to about 375 degrees over medium high heat. And then drop your tomatoes in batches into the hot oil and cook for approximately two minutes aside or until golden brown. Then you drain it on a paper towel and sprinkle the hot tomatoes as they're cooling with salt or pepper to taste. And there you go. It's as easy as you could wish. And it makes a wonderful side uh, for all sorts of dishes. And I know my family loves it, and I sure hope yours does as well. And you might want to give it a try. It can take a few times to get it just right. But Once you do so, I think this will be something that you'll enjoy adding to your family's menus. Thanks so much for listening. And we're going to turn you over now to Professor Porterfield and the pontification. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, Miss Loretta. And I posted, uh, I actually got an ad copy this week. And so I was able to actually put the... Uh, ingredients into the chat room. So that was an unexpected uh, bit of joy there. And I uh, want to thank the boys in the newsroom for having made sure to get me uh, that ad copy. If we can do that every week, guys, it'll work out great. Uh, That'll be a real boon. Um. Let's see. We're having some technical difficulties here. Ah, and there and now they're resolved. Excellent. Way to go. Thank you, Johnny. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week's topic is what's love got to do with it?
Oh, yes, that was, as you all were correct, Percy Sledge with When a Man Loves a Woman. I'm just going to open a package. Everybody take one. You all knew that one. Wow. I don't think we've ever had a uh, name it and claim it where everybody, okay, great. Cookies for everybody. Tonight on the pontification, we're going to be talking about love. Oh, now we've talked a little bit oh, a few weeks ago about sex. And when we talk about, talked about sex, we talked about it a little differently. We talked about how sex is used and how sex relates into hoodoo practice and work today or this evening, I'm going to be talking a little broader. Uh, as you know, the pontifications are here primarily for those who are thinking about or wanting to become workers or in the process of becoming workers, those who are not workers, to help educate them about what's going on in the world, and then finally to those who are already workers. And tonight, I want to talk about love, and in particular, love work. It is my opinion, now let's stop a moment and reflect on that word, opinion. This is not a fact, this is an opinion. It is my opinion that there is perhaps no more hotly discussed, contested, debated, or generally thought about area of work than love work. Some people will immediately say, oh, no, 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 curse work is far more hot. And some people will say, well, uh, court case work, social justice work, blah, blah, blah. But it's my opinion that it's actually love work. And I'll tell you why. When you bring up, let's say you get a group of workers together, and y'all go out to dinner, or maybe you had a Hoodoo Heritage Festival, or maybe y'all just went down the street to get a burger. It doesn't matter. And you bring up love work, that conversation heats up real fast. Okay? You got people that roll their eyes. You got people that sigh. You got people that throw themselves down on the floor and just groan. You got people that are as happy as can be about it. You got people got stories, etc., etc., etc. Love work is a interesting part of our world here in Hoodoo, Conjure, and Root Work. First of all, let's love itself. Wonderful. Love makes the world go round. The songwriter tells us all you need is love. Well, here's the thing. Love is potent and powerful and sometimes an irrational mistress. And love can be as harmful and as depressing and as frustrating as it is. Indeed, beautiful and wonderful and fantastic. And I would never be one to say that we shouldn't have love work or we shouldn't be doing love work. Of course we should. It's one of the primary forms of work in hoodoo, in conjure, in root work. It goes way back. It has always existed, always will exist. But it can often be a little bit like a minefield. Let me explain to you what I mean. 
When people come to you and they say, I need prosperity, I need a job, I need money, they generally mean that in a general way. They mean exactly what they said to you. They need prosperity. They don't have a particular image in the head of what that prosperity is. They know it's the end to not being prosperous, the end to tr money troubles. I need a job. Well, that means I need a job. Everybody would like to have a job that they enjoy, that they're good at, that they're respected at, that pays them well, but sometimes you just need a goddamn job. No matter what it is, you just need to make some money. And when people say they need money, they mean exactly that. They need money. Sometimes there is an actual dollar amount that they need, but not everybody comes to the worker knowing that they need Oh, two hundred and thirty-five dollars and sixty-five cents, and expects to get two hundred and thirty-five dollars and sixty-five cents. They're happy getting whatever it means that they can get. Okay. When people come to you and they say, "I need some sort of coursework. I need this person dealt with. I need them hot-footed. I need them moved away. I need them shut up. I need them dead. I need whatever I need." Again. They have a specific idea, this person, but as long as it gets worked out, they're okay with it. When people come to you with court case work, again, they have a specific idea. I have to go to court. I don't want to go to jail. Okay? But they're not too interested about how they don't go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Everybody would love to be found innocent, but if it turns out that the prosecution can't get the shit together... If the evidence is thrown out, if the testimony isn't allowed to be able to come and be given, and you go free, you still went free. And that's satisfactory. When people want protection or blessing work, they want exactly that, protection and blessing. But again, they don't necessarily mean in a specific way. They may not even know of the protection or type of protection work that you give them to do for their home, for their house. And they may go, oh, I didn't know this. This is wonderful. And when some people come to you for love, this is true as well. They simply want love. They want somebody in their life. They want that partner. They want a spouse. They want somebody else. Some people just want sex, and so they've confused it a little bit. They're not looking for love. They're looking for sex. But generally, when people just say, well, I just want love. They just want someone, someone to have sweetness and kindness and tenderness with, someone to share their day with, someone that they can lean on and can lean on them, someone maybe even they can start a family with. And again, that's not so much trouble. But then we've got the final category, and that is the people that come and they have it all laid out. They want a specific person. That person, okay, they want they want Craig, they want they want Susan, they want th that person, all right, they want that person, and they want that person in a particular kind of way. They want that person to act and show emotion and show love and show tenderness and show caring and show concern in a particular kind of way okay and that's that that's what they want and that's what they're bound and set to get and they will come to you 
and you can read on Craig and go, oh, Craig, no good. Craig's no good at all. Craig's no, no offense to my, my brother's Craig, and I don't mean him. This is this is a fictitious Craig, not my Craig. And Craig, no good. Okay, and you tell him Craig's no good. He's a womanizer. He's he's a he's a he's a, a ne'er do well. He's lackadaisical. He don't got no job. He can't keep no money. Mistreats woman. Goes from woman to woman to woman. In fact, the man's a pussy hound. You don't want Craig. And what your client will tell you is, oh no, I want Craig. Now there are a few that will go, oh okay, that's all I need to hear. That's what I wanted to know. Now that I know he's no good, moving on. Bye, Craig. Moving on to Steve. But a lot of them will say, no, no, I still want Craig. I still want Craig. Okay? And then we start to have problems. Okay? A, there are workers that won't do love work. They won't touch it. They won't get involved for whatever reasons. Okay? Their reasons are their own, but there are some generalized reasons, and we'll come to those in a minute. Then there are some workers who will say, I'll do love work for you, but I will not bring you Craig because I won't sell you poison. Okay? I won't, I won't bring you Craig because I won't bring you something that will harm you. Then there are workers, they'll just bring you Craig and go, good luck. You wanted him. There he is. And then, of course, you're on the phone with that client three months Three days, three weeks, three years later, and what's the problem? Craig. Now, there are other people who will call you for love work. They want Craig. They want Susan. They know that Craig and or Susan are no good, aren't what's right for them, don't work well, know it doesn't work out, okay? And what they want you to do is they want you to fix Craig. Or fix Susan. They want you to change them. Okay? They want Craig, who's a pussy hound, to suddenly become fidelitous. They want Susan, who uh, never stays at home, always out on town, to suddenly be a homebody. They want you to fix that. Okay? Because they believe that the problem is centric to this one little issue. See? And then if they was changed, it'd all be fine. Now, it gets more complex because a lot of those people will say, but I don't want to take his will away from him. I don't want to take her will away from him. I don't want them to be – I don't want them to be a puppet on a string. I don't want to have to do work on them every day. I don't want to have to have work on them every moment of every day. I just want you to fix this. I want you to change them and that change to stay changed permanently with as little must fuss cost and difficulty as is possible these things don't all go together you see they don't all mix together in a bowl but they are reflective of problems that we have in our society at large about the issue of love and one of the biggest problems we have is this idea of changing people, okay? Fixer-uppers, all right? I know this man, I know this woman has all these problems. And I'm not talking about they got life problems, they got medical problems. I'm talking about they, they're problematic. But I can save him, change him. I can, I can fix her. 
I can, I can, I can make her into another person. Okay. Now here's the problem with that. You're not in love with that person. You're in love with the idea of what that person could be. See, you got an image. You got an image. You got something in your head, and that's just perfect. And that's what you want. Okay? That's just what that's just what you want. And if they could be that, then everything would be fine. But the problem with that is that's not that person. You're actually not in love. You may be obsessed. You may be obsessed. You're not in love. Okay? You may be on the hook, but you're not in love. Okay? You're in love with an idea, a goal, an end result. This is like you bought some old rambly, rickety old house, and you, in your mind, you can see how beautiful that house is going to be after all the work. And that's fine for a house. If you know how to repair a house or if you have the money to have other people to repair a house or you're good with tools, that's fine. Buy that old rickety house. Tear it up. Make it new. Put it back the way it was or how you want it to be and enjoy your new house. But people are not houses. Okay? People aren't cars. People don't – you don't just go, oh, I'm just going to tinker here. I'm just going to tinker here. Now, Miss Cat said something very important in the chat room, and I'm going to repeat it for y'all. Miss Cat said that her mother had three rules. Rule one, never marry a drunkard to reform him. Rule two, never marry a gay man expecting to change him. Rule three, never marry a man who says that pregnant women look ugly. That should be engraved. That should be engraved on a piece of appropriate metal, uh, silver, brass, and it should be affixed to a plaque. And we should, we should buy these in bulk and hand them out to people. I mean, literally, this, this would be like one of the best things we could do. Those three rules are fantastic rules. All right? I'm going to give you a few extra ones. Never marry anybody that can't stay at home. I'm not talking about being a homebody. I'm talking about they never home. They're never home. Don't marry somebody that's never home, expecting them to be home. Okay? There's that there's a rule. There's a rule. Alright. I want to give you one. This one actually comes from my mother. Don't get with somebody that spices your food that you cook for them before they taste it. Trust me, that's not going to work out in the long run. It's going to be about more things than food. Okay? Why am I bringing all this up? I'm bringing all this up and how this relates to – hold on a minute. Is he in? He's not in here. Okay. And And how this relates to hoodoo, I've always got to be on the – I know, gotta be on the lookout for the kid. How this relates to hoodoo is we get brought this work, and it is perhaps the most tumultuous, the most confused, the most embattled, the most vigorous, the most volatile issue that we get brought in a normal way. Meaning you're, you're going to get this issue a lot. Okay, it's going to happen many, many times that people are going to call you for love work. And the problem that they have 
is them. Okay? The problem that they have is them. Meaning, there is something going on with them and their attitude about love and relationships that is causing these problems. They are hooking themselves up to people that are not good for them. They're refusing to see that people aren't good for them. They tag along, okay, and follow after, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And let me tell you something. This is from the horse, okay? You're hearing this from the horse's mouth, all right? The space, the gap between love work and revenge work is razor fucking thin, my friends. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Razor goddamn thin. I have, on more than one occasion, had a client call me. I want so-and-so. Doesn't matter who it is. Craig, Susan, a houseplant. Doesn't matter, okay? We sit down. We talk about it. We read on it. Good common sense later. It comes out that this person's no good for them. This person's not going to stop cheating, not going to stop staying out of the house, not going to make money or be able to hold on to money, always going to be running around with the ne'er-do-well friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And the client who just said, I want love work for this person, the minute that they know that they really, really can't have that person says, then I want everything to go wrong for them. Think that out a minute. I mean, let's let's back this bus up and let's go over that one more time. The gap between love work and revenge work is razor thin. See, when people are in love, they have amazing power. Love is amazing. Love and connection and heart and concern and all of that can be powerful and beautiful. I mean, little little 95-pound mothers can lift burning cars off of children. Oh, they, they break every bone in their legs when they do it, okay? But they do it. They, they, break, they, they break the bones lifting the car. It's like they're on PCP. They lift the car right off their own children, okay? Men will throw themselves in front of bullets to protect their wives, not even thinking, not even thinking. People will sacrifice everything for love in a good and noble an honorable and decent and loving way just for love. Love really can change the world. And that's the beautiful, bright, happy side of it out there in the sunshine with all the beautiful little flowers and the bees buzzing around the fruit tree. Isn't it lovely? Let's go over here into the darkness for a goddamn minute. The converse is true, too. Love will drive people the fuck crazy. People will kill each other about love. People will kill others about love. Okay? People will go nuts. People will ruin their lives. People will lose their jobs. People will follow people around and, and uh, check on them. You know, listen, man, I don't know what clients you have, but if you have not yet met the women who know every goddamn thing that's going on with their man – I mean every goddamn thing, who he's talking to on Facebook, what emails he sends, what color tie he's wearing, 
who he ate lunch with, how many pennies he's got in his left-hand pocket, what shoes he wore today, where he took those shoes, where he was walking, who he was talking to when he was walking, what he said to that bitch at the gym. These women know, okay? They know. And let me just tell you, the computerized age has not helped that stop. It's made it a thousand times worse. People will go nuts about love. But here's, again, the intersection back into hoodoo. You as the worker are supposed to be, I would hope, the voice of reason, the voice of intelligence. I would like to think the voice of wisdom. You're supposed to aid your client. But aiding your client doesn't necessarily mean giving them whatever they want. If they called you up and said, hey, can you sell me mercury to drink? I would hope you wouldn't sell them mercury to drink. It's poison. Okay. Hey, can you help me cut my wrists? I would hope you wouldn't help people cut their wrists. All right. It's the same sort of situation sometimes with love. We have to, as workers, be willing to say no. Now, I know workers that have accomplished that by simply refusing to take any love work whatsoever. That's fine. That's their choice. That's their solution. They won't touch it. All right. I know other workers that simply refer. They know a good love worker, and everybody goes, well, you should go to so-and-so. You should go to so-and-so. But let me just tell you, if you're going to get into love work, there is this is absolutely serious. Everybody's going to talk to you about all this stuff about the graveyard. Oh, when you go to grave A, B, C, D, and clean yourself and pass over water, coming blah 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 blah. Everybody's going to talk to you about cursing. Oh, when you curse, you got to and cleansing when you blah 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 and this that and the other thing. But what nobody tells you, well, not nobody, but very few people tell you. Miss Cat will tell you. And what I'm trying to tell you right now is when you decide you're going to get involved in love work, you better be serious you better be have your head on straight because this is going to be very very deep and often very difficult you are getting into people's hearts you are coming to some of the most potent powerful and difficult parts of their lives so i hope that you will when you do that take the time to treat your clients right We have a bad tendency in this community to roll our eyes and talk about people who are our clients, who have paid us money, like they are crazy comes to love work. We lose our compassion. We lose our sympathy. We lose our understanding. We forget when we were there. And that's, in my opinion, that's got to stop. These are your goddamn clients. These people paid you money. If you don't want to deal with them, don't deal with them, and you're free to go. You'll never hear me say a word against you if you say, I will not do love work. In fact, I'll praise you. That person obviously knows exactly where they're at, exactly what they need to do, and exactly who they are for whatever their reasons. Good. Good for them. But if you're taking love work and you're dealing with these people and you're taking their money, Can we please not roll our eyes at them? Can we please not them like they're all irrational, like they're all crazy? Even if they are irrational and crazy and love will drive you crazy, can we try to just be professional about our clients? 
Because I got news for you. If my if I ever heard my doctor, my medical doctor, talking to another doctor and saying, Oh yeah, these these diabetics with the goddamn fat asses and you know they ate too much shit. It's their own fucking <laughs> these crazy ass fucking I'd punch him in the fucking face. I'd punch him in the face. So can we please not take people's money and then roll our damn eyes at them? If you want to roll your eyes at them, be my guest. Don't take the money. But once you started with them, can we just be gentle with them? Can we understand? Okay? And that doesn't mean we've got to give them what they want. That doesn't mean we've got to agree. That doesn't mean it's not our job to say, no, Craig, bad for you. Don't get with Craig. Okay? That doesn't mean that we aren't allowed our own ethics and morals to say, look, if you're going to go get with Craig after I've told you how Craig is and every card I've read, every bone I've thrown, every raven's entrails I've dug my fingers through tells me Craig going to mess you up, I won't work with you. Go be with Craig if you want, but I won't do it. I can't do it. I, that's fine. Absolutely. But can we not take their money and treat them badly behind their backs? Can we not can we please stop that? Okay? Because you took the money. Okay? And can we here's another one, real quick, real quick. Can we please stop taking money before we know all the facts? See that's the problem. Some of us have been having to give money back because we take the money, they come in, they tell us the thing, we go, Oh shit and we gotta give the money back because no way. No way am I getting you with Susan after the shit I just heard about Susan. Susan slept with your brother in your parents' house while you were in the next room. No, I will not help you get back with Susan. Okay? So can we maybe kind of suss some ground out with people before we take the money so that we don't end up having to deal with the people like that? And at the end of the day, I'll simply say this. The things that we should be bringing into love, the relationships of love, compassion, kindness, concern, fellow feeling, openness, can we try to use a little of that with our clients? Love will drive you crazy. Please don't sell them poison. Please don't just do whatever they want and let them go free. Please don't manipulate them. If you would not manipulate a sick client, I'm talking about somebody calls you and says, I have cancer. Can you do hoodoo and conjure work to get rid of the cancer? Can you get rid of my T-cell cancer with conjure? If you would go, no, I, I can't do that, or... Or, or, or you wouldn't manipulate them, or you wouldn't prey upon their sickness. Their desperation is lingering near them. And death's a motherfucker. People will do anything to have another second, another moment, just one more minute. And if you are not the sort of person who will hook your claws deep into the flesh of a dying person to drain off a last few dollars, then please, 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 baby, do not hook your claws into the lovelorn whose hearts are broken, who don't know how they're going to go through the next day 
without Craig or Susan, whose husbands and wives have left them, whose boyfriends and girlfriends and fiancés of seven years have just broken up with them, who have just found out that their spouse has cheated on them with somebody else. Don't hook your, don't hook your claws into them either. Because like that person who will do anything to have another moment of life, so too these clients will do anything, anything to get the person that they love back. Okay? And they can be difficult. They will they don't want to take no for an answer. They don't want to take no for an answer. And when you tell them no, they will go to another worker and another reader and another worker and another reader till they find yes. And sometimes that yes is not a good yes. Sometimes that's just somebody who's willing to dig the claws in. So can we have some compassion? Can we have some understanding? Can we have some wisdom? And more importantly, or perhaps on the last note, can we all just try a little tenderness? In the hustle of today, we're all inclined to miss little things that mean so much. A word, a smile, a kiss. When a woman loves a man, he's a hero in her eyes. And a hero he can always be if you'll just realize. She may be weary. Women do get weary. Wearing the same shabby dress. And when she's weary, try a little tenderness. You know she's waiting. Just anticipating things she may never possess. While she's without them, try a little tenderness. It's not just sentimental. She has her grief and care. And a word that's soft and gentle makes it easier to bear. You won't regret it. Women don't forget it. Love is their whole happiness. It's all so easy. Try a little tenderness.
course with with apologies to Otis Redding. Uh, yes, yes, I did it to y'all. That was Jack Webb. Oh yes, dun 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 of Dragnet fame. That was Jack Webb with Try a Little Tenderness. Miss Cat gets the cookie. Christy XP does not get the cookie because, come on, you knew who that was. You live with me. That doesn't count. That was, in fact, Jack Webb with Try a Little Tenderness. And in his own way, in his own cigarette-smoking, martini, highball-drinking, tie untied around his neck way, Mr. Webb was doing what all of us in this life and here at the LMC Radio Network are trying to do. He was just trying to send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner, starring Candela Cambisa, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand, Wednesdays 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. Thank you so much, Troll Towelhead, our chief engineer here at the LMC Radio Network, for that update of our shows each and every week. Up next, a little segment I like to call... Divination and You. Oh, yes. Divination and You. This week, we're going to be on the radio. Oh, 
Oh, yes. And our name it and claim it winner on that one was Gabrielle Swain, because I had not only had a hippie mama, I also had a disco mama. And that was, in fact, on the radio with Donna Summer. And it leads us into tonight's Divination and You. Tonight, we will be discussing Radiomancy. And we're discussing Radio Mancy because we got a letter. Hear it? There it is, folks. It's an actual letter. And the letter says, <clears throat> Dear Professor, Huge fan of the show. Thank you so much. I never miss an episode and always find something of great benefit or enlightenment in each program. I am particularly happy to hear your segment on divination. I am not ashamed to say that though I am getting better at root work through my studies, I am rubbish at divination. I, the la- that lack of knowledge tends to impede tracking the effectiveness of my work, especially if I am doing spell work on my own behalf. I don't have the focus yet for scrying and card reading, but for scrying, but card reading is coming along with practice. I am always open to different techniques. That being said, I would like to suggest a future segment talkment. Recently, I brought up the idea of radiomancy on the LMC forums, that's the Lucky Mojo forums, as a method of divination, or at least a way of seeing omens slash movement. Your name came up as a possible resource on the concept, and considering your fantastic taste in music, thank you very much, and that is shared on the Now You Know show, I thought I'd drop you a line. As someone who has flipped on the radio and had a song come on, that perfectly matched my work and focus of the time. It's too good of a concept not to learn about more about. Thanks for all you do and keep up the good fight. This is from D. Cutter. Thank you so much for your letter, D. Cutter. And your wish is fulfilled. Tonight you will receive all that you have desired. That's right, because we're going to talk about this very topic on the show. We're going to talk about Radiomancy. Now, I first of all, let me tell you what Radiomancy is. Well, Radiomancy is sort of broken up into two different uh, kinds of schools of thought. The first... I would not actually call Radio Mancy, and neither would Catherine Ironwood, who wrote about this in answer to our letter writer on the LMC forums, on the Lucky Mojo forums. So you should go, if you're not a part of the Lucky Mojo forums, join today. There's a lot of discussion on there. You'll learn a lot and be able to contribute a lot and be able to get a lot back. And as Ms. Cat pointed out to our writer on the forums, and I will reiterate, the first form of this is not actually mancy. It's not actually a true form of divination. Here, we are talking about the radio as being oh, omenistic. All right? The radio presents an omen, a sign, a, a, a message. All right? And this is no different than reading other omens and signs, such as the actions of animals or uh, the changes in weather or certain other things that are presenting an omen, 
Okay, but that's not really a mancy. It's not really a science. It's an omen. And in this, what happens is you are experiencing, you encounter a particular song at a particular moment. And it has meaning either in that moment or is telling you of something that is about to happen. I would like to stop for a moment and say briefly, Papa Newt is one of the most amazing individuals in the world. You can be on a radio show and bring up any goddamn topic. I mean anything, all right? Like right now, I could start talking about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and Papa Newt will have a link for it in the chat room before you can blink. I mean, this man is fast. So he's actually got the link to the discussion on the forum that we are making some mention of tonight. And um, yes, I agree with Miss Catherine Ironwood. We're going to call that Newtomancy. Okay? And Newtomancy is the ability to suddenly have links to things no matter how quickly. And I talk fast. And he's just. All right. So back to the topic. A single song encountered this way is more of an omen or a signal. And, you know, again, no fun being made to sending out a signal. Uh, but it is showing you something. So this happens when something's going on in your life and you turn on the uh, radio or have the radio on and this significant song hits. I will give you a personal example. There's going to be lots of examples tonight. The divination session is going to take a little bit longer than normal because this is a very complex topic. Many years ago, I was married to uh, my first wife, and I am no longer married to my first wife, and I'm much happier. And I think she is too. And when I was at the point of trying to determine what I was going to do about our relationship that had just, I mean, we were, this was, this was 15 rounds of heavyweight boxing. Okay. In, in Zaire folks. Okay. I mean, this was, this was serious. Okay. And when I got to that point where I was, what am I going to do here? I was sitting in a car trying to figure this out. I, I needed an omen. I needed some kind of a signal. I needed some kind of a symbol. I needed something to be shown to me. And at that very moment, the radio began to play The Clash, the band, The Clashes, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Okay? And part of that song's lyrics of, uh, if, I, if I go, there will be trouble. If I stay, it will be double. So come on and let me know, should I stay or should I go? And that was an omen, okay? That was the universe speaking to me through the radio. This should be of surprise to no one. We have this arrogance about things of technology that say, oh, they're not magical. Oh, they're not a part of the natural environment. Oh, they don't count. Our ancestors 
got omens from fire, animals, water, the movement of clouds, the sound wind made in trees, the songs that, or particular staccato of pipings that birds made, the movement of the earth, all sorts of things, okay? It is ridiculous of us to think that these omens only come in that arena. Omens come through the universe, and they talk to us. They talk to us like still to this day through fire, movement of air through trees, the movement of animals, the, the songs or staccato pipings of birds, this, that, or the other thing, things that occur to us, falls. I have been given omens by tripping, literally falling, and I knew that meant something. Okay, uh, any anything, and most notably dreams, but the technology that surrounds us is also a part of our environment. The radio is a part of our environment. The television is a part of our environment. The computer is a part of our environment, and these same symbols and signals and omens can come through it as well. And that is one component of the large family that we're going to be talking about, Radiomancy, where you receive an individual song. Sometimes you may receive more than one song. You might get two songs back-to-back, and those interactions between those songs causes the omen that shows you the message. Now, this then leads us into the topic of how the hell do you read songs? There's no little white book. No, there's no little white book. There's nobody you can go to. There's no one you can go to in the world who can tell you the meaning of all the songs. First of all, there's way too many songs. Second of all, this is personal. This is deeply deeply, deeply personal because you will have a song. One person may say, oh, that's, uh, oh, that song's always a sad song to me. Someone may else see it as an uplifting song. Someone else may say this song is, is, is frightening or bad, quote, bad or scary. Someone else may find that song to be delightful and empowering, okay? Someone may emphasize about this portion of the song, that portion of the song. Someone else pays attention to the music. Someone else pays attention to the lyrics, okay? Someone else pays attention to who wrote it or performed it. Somebody else pays attention to just the title. So you're not going to find any one person who's going to be able to teach you this. You're going to have to teach yourself this. This is perhaps one of, if not the most personal form of divination. And now let's talk about it as a form of divination. Now let's actually talk about it as radiomancy. Radiomancy exists in many different forms, okay? And there are a number of readers and individuals who have uh, quite separately, quite independently from each other, developed different types of radiomancy. Uh, Miss Catherine Ironwood happens to be one. She is a long-time radiomancer, and I happen to be one. I am a long-time radiomancer as well. And we have, throughout time, given these various names. 
and we call it radiomancy, radio tarot, radio divination, etc. Okay, and everybody who has developed this has a little different way of doing it. So I am going to teach you first. You have to have something to build from. Okay, you have to have something to build from. So I'm going to teach you first the system that I first used. And this is the, quote, Professor Porterfield Orthodox Radiomancy System. All right? And this was how it was developed, and this was how it was done. It was done in a car. Okay? It was done in a car. You had to be moving. You had to be driving. It was done at midnight. Okay? And at midnight, while driving, what you did is you asked a question to the universe. You ask a question, just like you would ask a question for a reader. You know, you go to the reader, and the reader says, "What can I, what can I help you with today?" And you say, "I need to know about what. Tell, tell me about what is the, etc." Okay, and you ask this question right before midnight. And as midnight turned on the radio in the car that you were driving, and you began to listen to the songs, and you use the songs to represent the various positions in the standard, quote, Celtic cross pattern of reading for the, okay, for the tarot. So the first card represented the querent, if you, that was the way you read. The second, the second song represented what covered them. The third song represented what covered them for good or ill. The fourth song represented what you know, had brought them to that pay place, et cetera, et cetera. What was, what was waning, what was waxing, what they could achieve, but through uh, harder means, uh, hopes and fears, how the universe saw it, the infl- outside influence of others, final card. Okay? Boom. It took forever. It took forever. Okay? You're doing a full goddamn tarot card reading. All right? Why would you do this? Well, because you were driving. You were driving. This was this was something to do in the goddamn car to keep your ass awake at midnight. Are you kidding me? You're on a long and lonely and dusty or wet road in the middle of nowhere. It's freaking midnight. The average song on the radio, nowadays it's changed, but when I was on the radio, the average song on the radio was three minutes and 38 seconds long, okay, times 12, trust me, you could, get, you could get where you were going. You could get where you were going awake and alive and be thinking about, the, well, I wonder, well, I had never thought about that before, okay? You don't need to do it that way. That's why I called it the Professor Porterfield Orthodox. You can do it many different ways. You could, you could ask a question. And listen to three songs and use it as a three-card layout with those three cards representing whatever it is those three cards normally represent for you. Past, present, future. Uh, uh, what is hidden? What needs to be known? What's going on? Okay? In other words, you can take a system of divination that you use primarily that is involved with sortilege. 
meaning there's we're going to cast a bunch of stuff out, and they have positions. They have positions, set positions, that something's always going to be in. See, radiomancy does not work as a substitution for bone reading. Because in the bone reading, you have a vast area that you cast many different bones down to and how they all fall on each other, and they won't always be in every – doesn't work for radiomancy. Radiomancy, you need to have a set understanding of what the songs are going to be representing in what places for however many number, whether it's three, whether it's five, whether it's seven, whether it's nine, whether it's 12, however many you're going to do. Okay? And I recommend to you as an old-time radiomancer that you should – really pick a smaller number. Okay? I mean, unless you're on a long road trip, don't do 12. Do three. Because you want to, otherwise what's going to happen is you're going to be at the grocery store, sitting in the car, and instead of going in and getting your milk and eggs and bread and sugar, you're going to still be in the car going, I gotta hear the next four songs! Okay? So, you probably you probably want to uh, you probably want to pick a smaller number. Now we've explained the system, okay? The system of this is that you're going to have an understanding, meaning you're going to say, I'm going to be listening to X number of songs, and the, these songs represent these particular things. First song represents whatever, second song, etc., etc., etc. Okay? And you're going to use it like that. Then we come to the issue of what did the songs mean? Okay, now, here again we have several divergences, again, depending on the system that you're using. See, this is really serious stuff, kids. This is really where we're getting into divination, meaning you're actually now getting into the science of divination because no little white book, no preset system, no standard layout. You have to bring all that. So as you bring all that, you're going to be influencing this. You're going to be saying, what's what? So we're really deep into how a system of divination goes on to and goes into effect and how it is created. And this is a wonderful, wonderful thing for you to do. I actually recommend this to people who are having trouble with divination. Because this will force you to go to a higher place. This will force you to examine how divination works. This will force you to participate. You will not be, you know, passive, you know, where, oh, there's deck of cards, and I shuffle the cards, and I lay them out because the book said they go in this pattern, and it tells me whatever, and then I read the white book, and it tells me whatever. All right? Now... What I mean by that is people do things very differently. Miss Cat just brought up that for Radio I Ching, she would use six songs for the six lines and a commercial making it a changing line. See, there's another form. Okay, People will add to Radio Mancy interruption by news, interruption by commercials, etc. Okay, All of this is possible. For myself, when I'm listening to the live radio, I just ignore commercials. But I consider them, you know, I don't consider them anything. I don't consider them anything. And I can explain to you why. I've been spoiled for that. You see, I have been spoiled from seeing 
advertisements, announcements, etc. on the radio as anything other than what they are. A set standard formula that is done the same pretty much everywhere in America. I was in the business, and so when I'm doing radio to row and 15-minute mark comes up on the hour and all of a sudden it's ads, I don't consider that magical. I just know it's 15 minutes. You know, it's time for the ads. It's That's the way radio works. I've been inside the booth, so the whole thing is not there for me. Okay? But there are a number of questions that people – invariably have about this, and I'm going to try to answer them. How do I select the songs? Okay, here is my advice. There are some systems of this where you will, back in the days when we had push-button radios, and now in the days when we have pre-programmed stations that we can get by doing push-buttons, you can push the button for each card. You know, just push the button, whatever, comes up. I don't like doing that. I'll tell you why. I don't like doing that because sometimes you come into the middle of a song rather than at the beginning of it, and you may have missed something that might have been important to you, etc., and you may end up getting songs that you literally have no relationship to. You don't understand the lyrics. You've never heard of the – you don't know who's singing. You don't know what the name of the song is. You don't know anything about it, and it may even be, oh, it's noise. That's noise to me. It's not music. All right? My recommendation when beginning Radiomancy is that you deal with a radio station that plays music that is meaningful to you, music you know, music that has been a part of your life, okay, music that you're going to say, oh, I know that's Aretha Franklin. Oh, I know that name of that song is whatever, blah, 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 blah. One of the reasons this is important is because nowadays – Announcers and DJs don't always tell you what songs have been played. And that means you can't write this down. Oh, yes. Did I mention that? You can write this down. You can, oh, I'm going to listen to three songs and they're going to have this meaning. You listen to your three songs and you write them down so you can then go back later and look at the lyrics if you want to on the internet or play them again at home to have a deeper, you know, I want to listen to it again and think about it. So I recommend that you use a radio station that is meaningful to you, that plays music that you like, okay? Now, the other thing I will say is people obviously say, well, I don't listen to radio. Radio is not very good around here, Bubba. Can I do this with something else? You can do this with anything that sufficiently shuffles. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you happen to have, as I do, 20 gigabytes of music, You can load a playlist. You can load all of your music, every goddamn song you own. Load it all into your player, and you will often find on these players there's a shuffle button, something that picks songs at random and plays them. You want to use that. You want to shuffle it, you see, so that... And you would, yes, people are calling it iTunes Turo. Very good, Miss McHale. You could use iTunes Turo. As long as you're shuffling, as long as you're adding randomness to it, as long as you're bringing in sortilage, okay, so that you're not just hearing the entire collected works of uh, Captain and Tennille. All right? Well, this entire reading is Captain and Tennille. I don't understand. Uh, it's because you're just playing straight through. You can use. Uh, things like Pandora for this, 
but you must remember that Pandora's uh, algorithm is picking songs that sound alike, so that may offer you some differences. It may offer some difficulties in it. Now, the final issue comes to this. But, Professor Porterfield, what do the songs mean? Wow. What do the songs mean? Well, they mean what they mean. I mean, I don't know a better way of telling you that. I mean, I really don't know a better way of telling you that. They mean what they mean. This is the reason, again, I have suggested this to people to help them develop their own powers of seeing, if you will, their own divinational skills. I'll give you an example. I have used Radio Mancy now for decades and decades. And uh, Chain of Fools, chain, 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 chain of fools is always a bad card in my readings. But it may not be a bad card in your reading. It may represent something else for you. But for me, that's like having the tower come up. Okay? That's that's I I've gotten the point where I go, oh, there's that card. There's that card. Okay? And again, I'm not suggesting that we're trying to make a correlation. Oh, this song means the two of pentacles, that song. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it is alike to having that tower thrown down, you know, upright in the middle of the reading. It's but that's me. Okay? You will follow your own Life experience, your own emotional experience, and again, people say, well, what about, which do I listen, is it the music or is it the lyrics or what? No, again, it can be any of those. It can be the music, it can be the lyrics, it need not be all of the lyrics. Sometimes it's just a single line. It can be that, oh, it's just the name of the song. It can be anything within that context. So what I would like you to do this week is I want you to play with this. I want you to try Radiomancy. Try it. There's no better way to get into it than to do it. Try it. Try it in your car when you're on a long trip. Hey, all my California friends. All my California friends who's, who are driving up to Lucky Mojo and you're driving from God knows, you know, other side of creation, why don't you play Radiomancy in the car? Why don't you play Radiomancy in the car? All my friends at home got iTunes, you got lots and lots of songs. Remember, you need to have a fairly broad selection here. If you have four songs, that's probably not going to work. You're always going to get those four cards. Those four songs, those four omens, those four meanings. Load them in and play them on shuffle. At home and you listen to, you know, the radio in the kitchen or the bathroom or wherever, play Radio Mancy. Ask your question. Don't just turn the songs on. Ask your question and start it. And as you start it, you will start to develop rules for yourself. You will start to find things. You will start to impose your understanding and your order onto it. One of mine is if I come into the middle of a song, song doesn't count. I only, I only read songs from their beginnings. 
okay? So, you know, if I turn on the radio and there's already a song on, that's not the song. It's the next song. But that's me. Again, I see this as a great tool for helping people understand and get into divination as a whole and hone their skills. Try it. I'm not joking. It sounds like this is a kind of silly thing. Oh, radio, man, you're just making that. I cannot tell you how many meaningful and wonderful readings I have personally had and others have had playing Radio Tarot in the car and in our home. Hundreds. Seriously, hundreds. And coming soon... Coming very soon, not next week. Next week we'll be broadcasting live from Lucky Mojo. But coming soon, I'm going to be teaching and talking to you about using songs, using music to carry and help your spell work. I'm even going to tell you how to wrap a curse around a song. So stay tuned. That'll be coming up on the Now You Know show in the following weeks. Up next, we're going to go over to the kitchen, and we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we're going to be tight, reddish and gritty and, you know, whatever. I guess, I mean, technically you wouldn't, but I guess if you wanted to, you could dust a broom with it, but I don't know. Black man. 
Okay, it's not a theory. Uh, I believe green beans. If I believe green beans tasted bad because they contained and I could show you, then we might have a theory. But instead, it's just an opinion. A fact is uh, many people like green beans. That, that's a fact. Okay. I have a theory about red brick dust and why you often see it um, in certain places that have been associated with the Latin Quarter or have a stronger Catholic influence. And here is my theory. The standard treatment of slaves in the Anglo Quarter was chattel slavery. Okay? Um, slaves were considered chattel. They were not considered humans, and they were not considered to have any rights whatsoever, and they were not allowed to practice uh, their religions or languages from Africa. In the Latin Quarter, which was ruled over by Catholicism, and in places of large Catholic influence, the level of slavery, which was still horrible slavery, believed that the individuals had souls and that they were indeed human beings. I don't know why we're enslaving them then. I guess because we're admitting we're shitty people. But that those individuals could retain some of their language and some of their religious practices. Or they could at least gather together to even uh, play uh, traditional music. And because of this connection to red ochre, Coming out of Africa, I believe that is the reason we see red brick dust more where we have two things. One, the influence of Catholicism in the Latin Quarter, and two, where we see that there's a lot of red bricks. Because obviously, if you're someplace where there are no red bricks, you can't make red brick dust. Now, can you? And then I get into things you can do with red brick dust. I'm going to say one other thing. Red brick dust has gotten – how do I want to put this? Red brick dust has been kind of put through the mill, no pun intended. Red brick dust came to the attention or the popular consciousness primarily through the movie The Skeleton Key. And all things being what they are – that's a little bit of a shame, uh, just because now everybody knows red brick dust, and they forget about other things, and they don't know why red brick dust, and they don't know where red brick dust, and they don't care. All they know is red brick dust, and you got to use red brick dust. Um, and that's how things go with popular media and popular imagery and things of that nature. But it does mean that pretty much uh, everyone who practices – uh, who do to some extent at least knows about red brick dust, no matter how new they are in it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it is the reason that I took the time to tell you a little bit more here at the beginning of this, as would uh, Miss Catherine Ironwood, as would many workers. So think about that while we're talking about red brick dust has a number of different uses. One of those uses is uh, to scrub with okay and you can see red brick dust being used in scrubs a a lot okay and this 
has two components that I want you to think about. First of all, there's the obvious spiritual component, the magical spiritual component of it being used as an ingredient in the scrub. Okay. Uh, however, I want you to also consider this. And you remember when we talked about silver dimes? Remember when we talked about lucky dimes and how the silver dime is protective and the silver dime brings luck, but that chemically when the silver dime touches sulfur, it also touches black, and sulfur is the base for a lot of these negative things that you might walk through. And so how we have this, these two things side by side. And again, please understand that I'm saying there are two things side by side. I'm not saying, you know, we have a lot of anthropologists who go, oh, well, these foolish primitive people, did they just didn't really understand that uh, it was mere chemistry. No, 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 asshole. It's two things together, okay? And you're putting them down for even thinking, you know, oh, they didn't understand. How they not understand? They saw it happen, okay? Here we have it again a little bit with red brick dust because I want you to think about this idea. If you've ever held red brick dust in your hand and rubbed it in your hand or rubbed it between your palm or between your fingers, I bet you didn't find that it was silky smooth, did you? Okay? That's, that's not loamy earth, boys and girls. That's powdered brick. All right? So now it's gritty. You see what I'm talking about? It's gritty. Now, if you added something that is gritty to a scrub and you are stirring that scrub up before you're using it, what's happening? You're having particulate, gritty matter in the scrub, and therefore when you scrub with it, you're scrubbing better. This is like using, you know, like at your sink you have that little uh, – most people do – you have that little uh, – sponge and it's a little soft yellow sponge on one side and it's a gritty harsh you know green uh, scrubber on the other side so think about that think about how effective red brick dust is in a scrub not just from a, a magical and spiritual position but also to make the practical use of it all right now that being said if you were, you can use red brick dust for a business money scrub to do this, you would mix red brick dust, cinnamon powder, and brown sugar into water and scrub the doorstep inward for quick, continuous cash. And you would do this at a place of business or a place where you were taking in business. You can also use it for a protective scrub for a home or illegal business. To do this, you would wash your doorstep on urine in a bucket of water, and then and then sprinkle red brick dust on the doorstep. To make this scrub stronger, you could write out the name of the captain of police on paper, burn the name paper to ashes, and add the ashes to the scrub water. So there we see that. Also, you can use red brick dust to help draw money to a house of prostitution, a bar, a dance hall, or a club. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, get up before dawn without speaking to anyone. Let me say that again. Without speaking to anyone, and mix red brick dust, oil of cinnamon, love me oil, and van van oil into nine buckets of water and scrub from the sidewalk toward the door. So 
There we see some uses of red brick dust in scrubs. Also, people will lay red brick dust down as a line to bar a door. You can lay it in front of the door as a, a protective barrier. We also see the use of salt in that same way. Our information for the In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week, not only from our own knowledge and theories, but also from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood. And we thank her very, very gratefully for its inclusion in the show each and every Well, we've had a fun show, folks. We've talked about a lot of things. Red brick dust you probably already knew about, but now you got to consider a few new things about it. Also, we talked about radiomancy and love work. Seriously, folks, this week, take a little bit of time and go out and practice a little radiomancy. Tinker around with it. See what you want to do with it. Give it a shot. I think it'll be very beneficial for you. Well, I'd like to stay and uh, talk with you a, a lot longer, but everybody's, everybody's gone, man. I mean, they all they all went out to go to Cinco de Mayo. I bet they don't even save me any food. You know? I mean, I don't know. Uh, not even a taco or a, yeah, a pinchy taco. I mean, you know? I mean, you can't even save a man a, 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 a tortilla with some beans. Thanks. Just here, alone, darkened studio. I mean, this is it. Let's face it. This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I'll eat Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texas, Canada, and don't back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas, King Kong, Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City And Kansas City, St. Louis And St. Louis, Chicago I'm on my way to the door Change cars on the TV Leaving Fort Worth, Texas Going to Dallas Hotel
Production of the LMC Radio Network. Bless their heart.